All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. It's that time again. That's right, the Fan in the Van podcast. Um, so obviously yesterday, you know, we had to steal a Raven game finally. You know, the game that took eternity to get through and to get played and, you know, all that other good shit, right? So I'm hearing a lot of Ravens players complain about you know, towards the end of the first half and with like 25 seconds left and all the Steelers not wanting to get up off the Ravens players and whatnot. Listen, if that's what you're complaining about, uh, you guys had this game delayed for almost a friggin' week, all right? So quit the bitching and moaning. And for RG3 to come out and say that they would have won this game if he didn't blow his hamstring out, <laughs> listen, RG3, you had no shot in the world uh, w- winning that game. And... Uh, you know, I had Steeler fans, you know, I was talking to on Twitter last night saying, wow, you know, Tomlin's really critical of this team. Um, yeah. And and if I'm Adam Gase, I would listen to what Tomlin says. We're going to get into Adam Gase in, in a little bit. Uh, some of the comments he made about Darnold today. Um, listen, Mike Tomlin was critical of this team. He pretty much said we played, you know, that they played like a junior varsity team yesterday. And that's what you saw. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of drop passes. A lot of stupid mistakes. Um, you know, listen, we were lucky to get out of that game. I'm not going to lie to you, fans. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, we were lucky to get out of it. But, hey, you know, not every game is going to be pretty. We all get that. If, if you're a real knowledgeable, hardcore Steeler fan like me, and I know a lot of you are, listen, we we eat, sleep, shit, piss, breathe, moan Steeler football all year round. Um. The unfortunate incident from this game, and this is why I'm going to blame the NFL and the Ravens for this, and you could agree or disagree. Um, if that game got played on Thanksgiving, we still have Bud Dupree today. Uh, he goes down, and when he went down, I literally, I, I just knew it. I knew it then and there. It wasn't good. Um, I literally sat there, and all the excitement of going 11-0 and was just drained from me. Um, I really couldn't enjoy it, to be honest with you, because I was just, that butt injury just really hurts. Uh, Torn ACL, um, you know, and now they're asking who's the next man up. Right now, it's Alex Highsmith. You know, the kid's going to have his time to shine now. And, um, you know, listen, he's got got all the talent in the world to fill in for Bud Dupree. Uh, The thing you got to watch out for here is this, is if he overexceeds, Right? If he overexceeds, it may show Pittsburgh, hey, we don't got to pay Bud money and let Bud walk. Um, in which case, I don't want to see Bud leave. But if Highsmith fills in the role really well, then I don't know. This is a gamble here. I'm up in the air on this one as far as I, I say we still re-sign Bud anyway. But Or you franchise tag him again. Listen, this Steeler, this Steeler offseason is going to be one of the most interesting ones we've seen in quite a while. Um, I have a feeling though that Ben's going to come through. He's going to restructure his deal somehow, some way. He'll, you know, these guys making big money are going to restructure somehow uh, to keep Juju, to keep Connor, to keep all these guys because this is the unit that's winning it now. Uh, if you don't think so, then you're not a true fan. Then um, another rumor out there today, and I would be amped for this. I don't care what any of you say. Maybe it's just the old school Steeler fan of me, but if the original, if number 92 came back into the fold, 
the beast himself, James Harrison, was in the Berg today getting a, getting a physical, getting his knee checked out. Listen, you bring that motherfucker in. Um, he still got, he still got a lot left in the tank. Don't let him, don't listen. Don't, <laughs> if you don't think he does, man, you don't see this. You don't see him in the weight room then because he could bench press me and th- three of me. He could bench press in one shot and I weigh 196. So he's benching at least three of me. Um, he still got football left in the tank. I bring him in. It's just a guy that comes off the bench. You know, you don't have to pay him a lot. Let him come in. And him coming in alone makes his defense scarier than it's ever been. Um, but, you know, again, we're going to see what, what one of my favorite draft picks, Highsmith's going to do here. And I think Highsmith's going to succeed in this role. And, you know, next man up. Listen, Tomlin says he's comfortable with it. Um, listen, the game tapes from, from Highsmith in college proved that he could play the position. So, um, if I'm Alex Smith, watch out because the Highsmith train's coming through. And, um, you know, he's going to barrel through you at some point in this game. And, I, I, I listen, you've been waiting for that breakout game from Highsmith. Listen, he had the interception against Baltimore the first time. He had his first sack against Dallas. Um, I think this Washington game's the one that's really going to be the breakout where he really shows you all the potential in, in four quarters. Um, and if you don't think so, then you don't believe in his team and you should not be a fan or talk of sports at all. Uh, now getting into Adam Gase, because I found this comical. And this is how big of a moron Adam Gase is. Okay. So he came out and he pretty much said that he didn't help at all in the development of Sam Darno and he should have did more. So in this regard, you're going to pretty much say that you're admitting to misusing Sam Darno, but you wouldn't with Le'Veon Bell. But this is a quarterback you inherited, just like the running back you inherited. But this one you'll take the blame for. But for Le'Veon Bell, you won't. Okay. Because that makes a world of sense. If you're a Jet fan, you got to be sitting there wondering, hmm, how will you take accountability for one and not the other? Um, maybe if you got your head out of your ass, we could be a winning team with Darno and Bell. And again, this is where Joe Douglas had to go and get better pieces, and he didn't do it. This is where Joe Douglas should have built a better offensive line, and he didn't do it. And for you guys that want Trevor Lawrence here, listen, Sam Darno knows his days are numbered in a Jet jersey. He already knows it. And wherever he goes next, whether it's to Pittsburgh, whether it's to the Niners, wherever it is, listen, if I'm Sam Darno, I take a year to sit the bench and learn learn the offense behind a more established quarterback. So Pittsburgh being one of those viable spots for him to go would make sense. Um, Especially if the Jets want to trade Darno to get something back. I'm sure the Steelers would be willing to work with him. Colbert will work out some deal where the Jets think they're getting something back and really you're not going to get much in return Uh, because Darno at this point holds no value whatsoever. So pretty much take what you can get. Um. But that's the viable situation. And you put Sam Darno in this Steeler offense. And he's going to show you what he could have did if the Jets had done it. If Mike McCagnan had done it. Before Joe Douglas took over. Okay. He'll show you the, the quarterback he really can be. And now that you're pairing them up with Juju. They played together at USC. So they already got that chemistry there. Like Rudolph and James Washington do. Because... 
I had somebody tell me that Mason has all the qualities to be the backup, to, to, to be the backup that takes Ben's job when Ben walks away. No, he doesn't. He does not. He literally looks confused and lost out there. And he looks, he, he looks afraid to go out there and play. And I think a lot of it has to do with that hit he took against Baltimore last year, which mind you, Ravens fans, those are the games that you're bragging about when you beat Rudolph and Duck Hodges. And again, I remind you, go look at the scores because they weren't by much. Okay. Um, but, you know, and I was listening to WFAN today and Boomer Sison said that, you know, that Trevor Lawrence would play here. Uh, that there's no reason why he wouldn't want to. Uh, I can think of a couple of reasons why you wouldn't want to. And there's a couple of reasons why he could. Listen, every rookie that winds up on the Jets or the Giants, they always get some big like advertising deal for marketing and whatnot. That's one of the advantages of playing in New York. Is is the media and marketing as far as brand recognition? Okay, so that's one. Look at a guy like Saquon Barkley. He's making more money right now with his commercials than he is playing on the field because obviously, you know, ACL injury. He's out for the whole year. Um, speaking of ACLs, Burrow had his surgery. I think earlier this morning. Uh, they said it was. A, they said it was a successful one. So he's on the road to recovery. But again, I don't see where he where he starts next year right away. Uh, if he does, hey, great. If he doesn't, oh, well. Um, but again, and I have to reiterate this to Jets fans, and I do it in my videos, and I'm going to do it here. If you think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the savior of the Jets, it's going to be more than Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be. Trevor Lawrence is one of those generational quarterbacks that's ready to play now in the league. Okay? You can't really say that about many that have come out. Some were thrusted into that position and they couldn't handle it. Like Ryan Leaf was good in college, comes into the NFL, and he was utterly, he was an utter disgrace. Um, Tim Tebow's, Tim Tebow's another one that comes to mind because he never should have came into the league as a quarterback. He should have listened to everyone else and switched positions. He might have had a longer NFL career. Um, and that's pretty much why he went to baseball, because at least he has a shot in there to somewhat succeed. Football, listen, in Florida, when it was Urban Meyer and Tebow and Aaron Hernandez and all these guys, that was a high school offense, little dink-dunk passes and, and, and good enough blocking for Tebow to run for 30, 40 yards. That's all that was. Um, can't get away with that in the NFL every, every single drive. Can't do it. It's not going to happen. Because unlike in college, an NFL defense will adapt to it, realize it's coming, and they're going to smack the shit out of you. Um, you know, but with, with Lawrence, though, in this draft, Joe Douglas has got to go in there with a different coach. And you have to let the coach choose his coaching staff. So if you can get Dabo Sweeney, you have to let Dabo Sweeney bring in the coaching staff he wants. What he's going to be comfortable working with. And what Trevor is going to be comfortable working with. And you got to grab key pieces. You have to grab at least two offensive linemen. That are going to help you right away and have a big impact. You have to get better corners. You have to work on your secondary. You have to work on your defensive line. Listen, if the Jets get it right in this draft. And improve from 0-16 or whatever they finish at. And turn around and give you, let's say, a 10-6 season. And Trevor Lawrence's first year. I'm sorry, if I'm a Jets fan, if that gets me in the wild card, that's a big ass improvement from four and twelve, two and fourteen, and all the other shitty records they've had in years past. Okay? 
That's a huge improvement. But Adam Gase is not the answer. He's never been the answer. Um, again, you got to get somebody like Dabble. Listen, Dabble Sweeney is the guy the Jets fans really want. Uh, I've heard Jim Harbaugh. Listen, he's not getting it done in Michigan. Okay, He was overhyped in San Francisco, and he was overhyped going to Michigan. And speaking of San Francisco, okay, and Baltimore Ravens fans want to talk about this too, how the refs gave them the game. Let's go back to the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl and the holding call that wasn't called in the end zone against Baltimore holding Michael Crabtree like he was a newborn baby in the end zone. That 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 missed call gave Baltimore their Super Bowl win. Okay, so I don't want to hear, oh, the refs gave the Steelers the game. I don't want to hear none of that shit because the Ravens over the past few years have gotten calls in their favors constantly. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But back to the Jets scenario, Jet situation here. So... In this draft, this is the draft that Douglas has got to get the pieces you need now. Especially knowing at this point you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Okay? Let's just jump ahead. Listen, Jets ain't winning the rest of these games. Okay? So, 0-16, you're going to get Lawrence. Lawrence will. Lawrence apparently now will play here according to, 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 to sources that he, he wouldn't ask for a trade. Trevor Lawrence's dad came out and said Trevor never said he didn't want to play here. Listen. I read what everybody else read. I heard what everybody else heard. Whether it's true or not, listen, I just tell you what I hear. I honestly don't know why he would want to play here if it's just going to be the same team around Lawrence as it is around Darno. So that's why I'm saying if, they, if they're really serious about getting Trevor Lawrence, okay, this is the draft. You, ha- you have to get this draft right. Next year's draft, right? And you have to get the key free agent pieces you need. Just don't go out there because you have 40 to 50 to 60, however many millions of dollars you're going to have on top of what's coming off your books this year. Doesn't mean you go out and spend it just on every Tom, Dick, and Harry that's out there, whether it's for a piece you need or not. Okay? You got to spend that money wisely. Just don't go, oh, I got $100 million in payroll. I'm just going to grab up everybody and give freaking a guy who can't stay healthy like C.J. Mosley five years and $75 million with a guaranteed of like $45 million. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You go out, you get the viable pieces you need that you could afford. Don't go out there and just overspend because you can. It's not going to work in the end. And you're just going to have the same result you've had with Darno at quarterback and the, same, and, and the same win record you've had for years, which is non-existent. So that's what they got to do there. Um, you know, there's other things, obviously, within football, but we can get into that tomorrow. And Saturday, I'll probably do the picks since there's no Thursday night football. Thanks, Ravens, you fucking bitches. Um... You know, there's a couple other things today, not really, you know, football related, more, um, more baseball related. Um, and, and for Mets fans that want JT Real Muto, listen, it's not going to happen. It's not a done deal with McCann and, and the Mets yet, but the Mets, from what I hear, are heavily pursuing McCann. That's a guy you want. It's a guy that you can financially control. You don't have to pay him a lot of money and he doesn't have the power in his bat like a JT Real Muto. And I think they're around the same age, but you don't have to pay him two hundred plus million dollars and get raped in the wallet for the next five six years. Uh, you don't have to do that. Um, you know, there's other free agents that they're trying to go after. I think like who is it? Jose Cantil. I can't even say his name, but he pitched for the Cubs. Um, 
you know, this isn't the event you strike out on Bauer. There's other pieces you can get out there that I think if you're a Mets fan, you would be happy with. I know you want that big name. I get it. But if it doesn't happen, you can't get mad if they bring in, let's say, like a Michael Brantley. Um, you know, like like smaller, small-time free agents that don't cost you a lot of money but can help you win now. You wouldn't get mad about that. At, at least if I was a Mets fan, okay, you know what? Springer wanted more money than the Mets were willing to give. And you'll see when these big contracts get signed by these guys if they live up to them within the first two to three years of the deal. Um, you know, like George Springer is going to want to command a lot of money. George Springer was successful in Houston for a lot of reasons, some of them not legal reasons within the sport. You know, sorry, but we got to put that one out there. That's got to take factor into when you're signing them. Uh, you know, is he going to be the same George Springer he was before the allegations? Or is he going to be the George Springer after the allegations? You know, is he going to be that guy that was coveted by the Astros that they didn't want to trade? And now, because he's going to command so much money, Houston's not going to want to pay him. That's got to go through the minds of Mets fans or even Yankees fans if they're looking into it. If the Yankees are looking into Springer, listen, if you think only the Mets are looking into these free agents, think again, because... The Yankees are going to look into them, too. Now, the Yankees may not offer them anything, but they're going to look into them. The key free agents the Yankees got to sign, and this is the biggest one, is DJ LeMahieu. It's DJ LeMahieu, then it's Tanaka. Um, I heard they might want to bring Jay Hat back. Listen, if you're going to bring Jay Hat back, I'm sorry he's in the bullpen. You know, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to give up a starting rotation spot to a guy that's 37 years old that's only going to go five innings when I could give it to Debbie Garcia, who's going to give me six, seven innings. I'm not going to do it. Um, this is the year the Yankees got to get younger in certain positions, and the pitching staff is one of them. Um, you know, they've gotten younger and they've gotten younger in the field, a lot younger in the field. Um, and you just got to listen. I don't need to see a 37 year old guy out there starting every fifth day that's, that's either going to pitch great. Or he's going to be at 100 pitches by the fourth inning because he has no he has no ball control. I, I'm sorry, let Jay Happ just go somewhere else. He's not he's not the same Jay Happ he was, you know, when he pitched for the Blue Jays and pitched for the Phillies and pitched here and pitched there. He's not that same guy anymore. He's not, and a lot of it's age. There's a lot of mileage on that arm. That if I'm signing him, it's a one year, three four million dollar deal. You're coming out of the bullpen. That's what I'm taking him at. And and if the Mets are looking at a guy like Jay Happ, that's how you got to look at it too. I mean, I don't know if they tendered Steve Matz. I didn't hear about that. And if they did, Steve Matz is a kid. Sorry, I, you, you're going to the bullpen. He, he's not a starting pitcher. And I've talked to Mets fans that agree with it. He's Jekyll and Hyde on his start day. He either has a great start for the first three, four innings and then gives it up, or he has a crappy first two, three innings, and then he's lights out for the next two, three innings. And then... When you expect him to continue it, it goes downhill again. Or he has that one start that's phenomenal, and then the next start, it's just a, a pure circus where everyone's hitting balls everywhere and he can't even get out of the first inning. So when it comes to baseball free agency, there's a lot of questions both teams got to answer here. And with the Yankees, it's signing DJ LeMay, who that is the biggest, biggest one that everybody I talk to is so nervous about. You know, why haven't they offered him the money yet? And listen, I have to explain it again. 
None of the big names ever move early. All this, all the, all the low-level free agents are, are going to be the ones that want to sign because they're, they're going to take whatever deal they can get. Okay, they just want to be signed and know where they're going before spring training. Okay, these bigger names like a DJ LeMahieu or George Springer, uh, Francisco Lindor, who's who, who's not a free agent, but he's trade. He, he, he's uh, he's pretty much trade bait. We all know it. It's just a matter of who's going to overpay at the table for that. Once DJ signs or Lindor gets traded, which again, probably going to be late December, early January, going into February, that's when all the bigger names are going to start signing. You get you get the occasional year where there's a name or two, that the big name that signs early. And then that kind of starts. And once one of the big names signs, whether it's early or it's a bit later, that's when everybody starts signing. That's when you start seeing, all right, now this guy just signed for for this amount because now the offer he may have had with the Yankees and the Yankees went a different route. Now this guy's going to go sign somewhere else. The key part to signing LeMahieu is you don't, A, want to overpay, but you don't want him to go to the Blue Jays or the Red Sox or to the Rays or to the Orioles. You don't want him anywhere within the AL East. Okay, you don't want him anywhere near the AL period if he chooses to leave. Now, I've I've read reports he wants to stay. The Yankees love having him there. He loves being there. It's just a matter of the years and the money. I don't see DJ LeMahieu being that prima donna that goes, well, I want seven years and $450 million. I don't see it. Again, it's five years, 125 with the the 15 being, you know, incentive-based. Which you know, which would mean it would be one ten, and then fifteen million of it is incentives. Um, and I think he would sign for a deal like that. A guy like JT Real Muto has got to come down to reality and realize somebody's not paying you five years, two hundred million dollars, not for a thirty-year-old catcher who who isn't going to over the course of those five years is not going to put up the numbers he put up when he was with the Marlins, and, and so on and so forth. Okay. Um. He, he's just not going to do it. So I'm sorry. And I heard the Yankees were looking into Real Muto if they didn't tender Sanchez. Listen, the Yankees can look into Real Muto all they want. If they want to sign, if they want to sign JT Real Muto, go ahead. But I'm sorry, not a five years, $200 million. Because the big name I'm worrying about that needs to be signed, if I'm Brian Cashman, is what's it going to take to keep DJ LeMayhew in the pinstripes? It's plain. It, that's the guy I'm worried about first. Then I'm going after Tanaka. All right, I'm re-signing Tanaka to at least a two-year deal, okay? I think Tanaka wants to finish his career here, so you get him. And if you can go and get one of those other pitchers that's on the market, or if you even get Trevor Bauer and you get Tanaka and you re-sign DJ LeMayhew before Christmas, that's the best Christmas present a Yankee fan would want, is knowing we won on the Bauer sweepstakes and we re-signed LeMayhew, we didn't lose Tanaka. Oh, and then if we get Lindor before Christmas, oh, God. We don't have to go and get anybody else at that point. It'll be solidified. The only thing you have to worry about is where's everybody going to play at that point, which is always a good problem to have. It's always a good problem to have in baseball is having too many people at every position. You don't know where to play them, especially if you get a D- if you sign DJ LeMayhew because he could play everywhere in the infield. Not many guys in, the, in Major League Baseball can do that. There's very few far in between that can do it. And DJ's one of those. And that's why whatever you pay him, he's going to be worth the money you're paying him. He could play first, second, third, short. He could probably go in the outfield too if you needed him to. And he's clutch at the plate. They don't call him the machine for no fucking reason. Guy friggin' hits anything thrown in his direction. So 
again, Yankees fans, don't worry because the deal's going to get done. It'll get done when Cashman and LeMahieu agree on something. Okay? You can read whatever reports that the Mets are interested in. Listen, this is what offseason's about. Baseball offseason, you're always going to hear the Mets, are, the Mets are interested in A, B, and C, and the Red Sox are interested in this, and, and the Blue Jays are interested in that. And the Blue Jays are going to be, listen, the Blue Jays are going to be the sleeper team here that are going to be aggressive in free agency. You know, th- th- their names are tacked right now to George Springer of bringing him in, and even they're looking at Trevor Bauer. And if you're the Yankees, that's what you got to worry about. You got to worry about the Blue Jays improving because they got a they got a pretty decent young n- nucleus there with um, Craig Biggio's son there. You have Dante Bichette's son there, Bo Bichette, uh, and then you got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. down there. Uh, three guys that are that, that that are very threatening at the plate. So I mean, the Blue Jays are going to improve, and you know you don't know which Red Sox team you're going to get this year coming up. You don't know if you're going to get the Red Sox team from from 18 or if you're going to get the Red Sox team from this year, which was just a complete utter mess of, of nonsense. Um, and not only that, listen, if you think the Rays are going to duplicate what they did this year, honestly, I think it's, I think they take a step back after losing Morton. Um, you know, they, whatever other free agents they have, they're going to lose them because they're going to get money elsewhere. So I think the Rays take a step back, but the Rays are always now going to be a threat for the foreseeable future because with a $20 million payroll, they always produce these stars just like the athletics do. And then they go on and get big money contracts elsewhere. Okay. The Rays are very good at developing guys, trading them and getting somebody else's mess and then improving them. Um, Case in point, you know, like Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, prime examples. They They were with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh trades them to Tampa, I think in the Chris Archer deal. And look at Glass now. Now he's like a top one, top top three pitcher within the Rays organization, and then the Rays also too are looking to trade Blake Snell. And see, you know when a guy's going to get traded in Tampa when he signs a big money deal, knowing that they can't pay him, knowing that knowing that they're not going to pay him the full length of the contract. So they're going to trade him, and then this is what's going to happen: wherever he gets traded to, expect that team to take on his contract, and that frees up. That frees up capital money for for the for the Rays. That's just what it's going to be, you know. And I don't fault the Rays for doing that at all. I really don't. You know, that's you know. Listen, if they're smart enough to do it, they're smart enough to do it. It just you know that's just what it comes down to. Um, but again, for the next few months, you're going to hear rumblings within baseball free agency. It, you, you always do. So, you know. With that being said. Um, you know, it's just a waiting game at this point. And if you're a Met fan, you got to be patient. And again, if you strike out on the big name free agents, but you bring in a James McCann, you know, or you bring in, let's say they trade for Blake Snell, you got to be happy with that. You may not have gotten Trevor Bauer, but if you can get Blake Snell, that's not a bad pickup either for you guys. And if you're a Yankee fan, listen, if Tanaka goes elsewhere, but we could trade for Blake Snell, I take it. We re-signed LeMayhew is going to be big. It's just, again, it's just a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. So I don't need Yankees fans texting me. You know, the Yankees fans that I know, the friends of mine texting me, call me. Oh, why didn't he sign yet? We're going to lose him. Oh, my God. Listen, calm down. Calm down. 
It's going to happen. If I'm telling you it's going to happen, again, listen to these words. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Okay? You can't go into this thinking, you know, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Brian Cashman, some don't like him as a GM because he's made some dumb moves in the past. We get it. We get it. But over the course of the past three, four years, he's made some phenomenal deals. And he's gonna get he's gonna get the LeMayhew deal done. Okay? Might be a little more than what I say it should be. And if it is, then it is. As long as it keeps DJ LeMayhew in the Bronx, I'm all for it. Okay? Now, going back to football, listen. Um, you know, after the game last night, and we find out the reports about Bud Dupree, and Listen, you know, I was sitting on the couch. I was depressed after after a victory. And I'm never, never as a Steeler fan depressed. Okay? And I got to go on Twitter. And I got to see these Cleveland Browns fans tweeting with other Steeler fans. Ha ha, Bud's done. Yeah, you, you guys are going to lose every game now. Uh, Cleveland's winning the AFC North. Uh, Baltimore's going to make the playoffs. You guys are one and done. This... It, it, it's comical that you're you're laughing about a serious injury like that. Um, again, wh- whether you like the Ravens, hate the Ravens, like the Browns, hate the hate the Browns, you don't want to see anybody get hurt in this game. Okay. Does the Bud Dupree injury affect this Steeler defense? Yeah, in a big way, it does. Because now people worried, oh, is T.J. Watt going to be the same? Listen, T.J. Watt's going to make the same plays T.J. Watt always makes. And, oh, and speaking of which, Cleveland Browns fans, oh, who leads the league in sacks now? Oh, it's not your precious uh, Miles Garrett. No, it's not. It's turned down for Watt, T.J. Watt. That's who. Yeah. So, there's your defensive player of the year here and now. Um... You know, I was talking with Steeler fans last night on Twitter, and, and, and one one girl that I talked to, she was like, I can't believe Tomlin would say that we sucked. I was like, did you watch the game? Because we did suck. <laughs> okay? Like, it, it, it's comical. But the one thing I got to talk about is people call Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster soft. Obviously, they didn't watch him in his rookie year because he gets a lot of comparisons to Heinz Ward. And they're very similar in a lot of ways. Heinz Ward said that he's the bulldog that you wouldn't want to pet. And he says that Juju is the bulldog you'd cuddle with. Right? Um, Saying, you know, you get the comparison if you're listening to this. So, we all remember when Vontez Burfecht took out Antonio Brown in the end zone with the dirty hit. And what did Juju do after that? He laid perfect out on his ass and stood over him. And that's where he got the taunting penalty and he got suspended and fined for it, right? That's a soft player, right? So here we go to yesterday. And he trucks the ever-living fucking shit out of, I think, Marcus Peters or whoever on the Ravens. And Willie Sneed has come out. I think it was Willie Sneed or somebody on the Ravens that said that Juju's soft and he's just a TikTok influencer. So... Juju in his fashion goes, how is that getting trucked for 10 yards by a TikTok influencer? Um, Snell trucked somebody on his ass too yesterday. Listen, bottom line is this. Juju ain't a soft wide receiver. You take his 
he, he, you, you, you take the fact that he likes to have fun off, off the field and he does his little TikTok videos and he does his little YouTube thing and, you know, he clowns around because he's, because he's a football player that A, loves playing football, but loves to have fun as well. And the criticism he gets for that, I'm sorry, is unfair. It just really is. And it, and it comes from a lot of Steeler fans. Like, oh, he's dancing in the locker room. But uh, once again, he only got me like four points in fantasy. Again, none of these players care about stats. They care about wins. They care about winning Ben another Lombardi. Why do you think they're playing the way they're playing? Right? Juju plays the way Juju plays. And Claypool plays the way Claypool plays. They're all about the team. They're not about individual stats. Those guys about individual stats, notice they haven't done shit since they've left Pittsburgh. Antonio and Le'Veon. Okay, they've done nothing since they left. And Ben, again, gets no credit for this. He's helped elevate Juju's career. He's helped put Claypool in the rookie of the year discussion, whether the PFF rankings state otherwise. Okay, I'm sorry, Chris Sims. Big Ben is a top 10 quarterback because to me, it's more than just stats. It's what he does to improve the, the, the player morale around him. And Ben has done that all year long. Juju's done it all year long. Connor's done it all year long. And so on and so forth. Not once did you ever see Brady do that. No. But you gave Brady all the MVP hype. But Ben does it and it's, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. He can't be in the rankings. No, he can't be in the rankings because you're because he's proving us wrong. So let's just keep him down here at the bottom. But let's put somebody like Ryan Tannehill, which shows why Ryan Tannehill is successful, is because he has a beast in Derrick Henry that can run the ball to save his ass. But that's but that's somebody again that Chris Sims will put in the top ten. Because if you think about this, Derrick Henry makes Tannehill better. AJ Brown makes Tannehill better. Ben and Juju make each other better. Connor and Ben make each other better. Ben makes Ebron better. Ebron makes Ben better. And on it goes. Okay? Tannehill isn't the leader of the, of the Titans. It's their coach. He's the leader of that team because he has more balls than, than Tannehill does. But Chris Sims puts him in the top 10. Okay, Chris Sims would probably put Jameis Winston in the top 10. Okay, you know, the guy who puts his hands in a W and eats them. Yeah, that that guy, 30 for 30. And I'm not talking about the ESPN special. Okay, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You could give me 5,000 yards all you want. But when you're throwing 30 touchdowns for th- and, and matching it with 30 interceptions, sorry, that's not a good quarterback to me. It just it just isn't. It's just not. Um. You know, and neither of those rankings came out today, so I'm sure they'll come out tomorrow, and we'll tackle that on Saturday. I'll rip it to shreds like I always do, and I'll give you guys the wonderful entertainment that I give. Um, but I'm sorry, I think it's time that Ben gets the credit he duly deserves. Because you all in the media, and all you haters, and all you supposed real Steeler fans said that Ben wouldn't be the same Ben, that Juju wouldn't step up this year, and that Claypool would do nothing, and Connor would be nothing, and Bud and TJ would do nothing, and Bud's, Bud's career year last year was a fluke, and they've all proved you wrong. Every step of the way, from week one against the Giants, 
and and so forth. And and all you people who want to post on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter, oh, well, we beat Daniel Jones. Oh, and then we beat this team. And then you put little jokes next to it. Then you can say the same thing about the Chiefs too then. Because the Chiefs beat the same teams we've beaten so far, you know, as far as same, as far as same games. Okay? Um, you know, again, I had somebody on Facebook, when the Steelers going to play a good team? Not my problem that the Ravens got COVID. Not my problem. Not the Steelers' fault. And again, this goes to the hating on this team. It's not the Steelers' fault or any other team's fault, the schedule that's given to them. Again, these teams don't write the fucking schedule. So stop coming at me with cupcake schedule because it's bullshit. Don't be mad at me because your team and and the one hater that said it to me is a 49er fan that your team is utter fucking shit now, okay? Don't come at me with cupcake schedule, okay? Don't come at me because you couldn't because your team couldn't beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. And I'll give you the Ravens one because there was a holding call that that cost them the Super Bowl. I will give you that one. Because the 49ers should have won that one. I will give I will give Niners fans that one. Um but don't come at me with cupcake schedule. Don't come at me, oh, well, you played an injured team. Don't come at me with, oh, Ben got lucky. Or, oh, you guys won because the moon was aligned with Venus and it's Scorpio season and Virgos and Libras are, are, are you know, are getting along and Geminis are feuding with the, you know, what the Sagittarius is and the Capricorns are just sitting there chilling. No, don't give me none of that shit. Okay, because that's how you that's how you asshole haters think. And, and, and it's so stupid. And I just sit there and I look at you and wonder, how did your parents produce this? What drugs were these parents on when they produced you? It, it, it's just insane. The hating that that continues to go on because you just can't give the Steelers. They just do. That's fine. Keep hating on them because they're just going to keep doing what they're going to do. And that's shove it down your throats. Colin Cowherd today said that this is the worst 11-year-old team he's ever seen. Colin Cowherd don't know shit. Okay? Colin Cowherd is an absolute asshole. Okay? This was a, this was a guy I heard in a video. Don't, don't count the Steelers out. Don't bet against the Steelers. But now you're saying this. Okay, you're, you're a fucking moron. Um, and he'll be the next one I target on Twitter too. Trust me. Um, because I'm an asshole on Twitter to, to, to Roger Goodell. And now I'm going to be an asshole to Colin Cowherd till I get a response. Trust me. I'll keep antagonizing you till, till I get what I want. Um, you know what? As a matter of fact, Colin Cowherd, you should have me on your show. I should do your show. Because it'd be a lot more entertaining because you're boring and bland. You're like fucking white bread with the crust cut off. That's how boring and bland you are. Um, you know, even a guy like Skip Bayless, too. He was dancing all around because the Cowboys got a big win. And then the Cowboys lose, and he's like, oh, I'm done with this team. That, that, see, that's a fair weather fan right there. That is a fair weather fan. Uh, sitting there, oh, I'm done with this team, and blah, 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 blah. Come on. Grow up. And now that Skip Bayless, what are you, like 105 years old? Grow up. Just seriously, grow up. Um, you know, but we're going to see what happens. Um, you know, like I said, we'll go over the pick Saturday, probably after work. Um, go over the picks. Go over the playoff picture right now. Uh, see who's got to do what. And listen, the Steelers can clinch a playoff spot. By beating Washington on, on Monday. Um, 
we can clinch the division. I think it's with the win plus a Cleveland loss. Um, in which case, then you know we you know we pretty much control our own fate. Uh, which is something you want, especially this year, the way the way everything's set up. So, uh, but I'm gonna run now. I got things I gotta take care of, and uh, as always, you know where to find the fan in the van podcast. It's on all major platforms. Videos on YouTube. I'll probably do a video maybe tomorrow night. See how I feel. Um, so until then, stay safe, mask up, and as always, you already know what it is. Peace. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what it is, the Fan in the Van podcast. Uh, all right, so before we get into the lovely football picks for tomorrow and Monday's games, um, Ravens president came out today. We're just going to jump right into this shit, all right? Ravens president came out and he said that there was four strains of COVID found within their team facility. Three of them weren't that dangerous and uh, were easily contained. While number four was the most lethal of them, apparently, and that's what caused the outbreak. Um, and yet there's still no final punishment, but let me tell you something right now. With them coming out and saying this, Goodell, you fuck this one up, pal. Because, you know, you were so quick on the trigger to find everybody else right away. And this one, I understand that there's more you got to delve into here. But you, I'm, I'm sorry, this punishment should have been out already. It should have been handled. Uh, I'm sorry. Just how do you, on God's green earth, sit there, allow 20-something guys to get put on the COVID list, and you're sitting there, oh, well, Baltimore, you know, handled it internally with the strength and conditioning coach. Do I give a shit about that? No. What I give a shit about is every other team got fined, okay? The Broncos scenario. The Broncos themselves find all the quarterbacks involved in, in, in that whole debacle, right? All right. But as a team, I'm sure they're going to get fined for it because you have to levy a punishment on it. You just have to do it. Um, so, again, where's the Baltimore punishment here? It's not out yet. But this admission by the president of the Ravens has to... I'm sorry, the punishment now has got to be what I said it was a couple of days ago. It's got to be a high-money punishment. It, there's got to be some... There's got to be serious consequences to this and loss of multiple draft picks now. It's got to be. It just has to be. And if you think about this, and I was telling people this too, because, you know, with the whole Bud Dupree injury, right? If this game got played on Thursday, again, we don't lose Bud Dupree. And he's available Sunday. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't get injured, in, well, actually for Monday, because with everything, with, with, with the Ravens, everything, everything got moved and it became a whole clusterfuck because... You know, there's, you know, this is just how they're handling it. It's just, oh, let's just, you know, wing it and see how this works. Um, so, if that game gets played Thursday or Sunday, Bud Dupree doesn't get hurt in that game. I'm not saying that Bud Dupree doesn't get hurt in this Washington game coming up. But I got to blame the impacting of the schedule changes. I'm sorry. This injury doesn't happen if, if the game's played when it's supposed to be played. It just doesn't happen. Um... You know, you heard the rumors from, you know, Charlie Batch floated the idea around of bringing James Harrison in. Listen, I'm all for it, but the guy's 42. He's not going to start. And I think he's just in there just to spell, you know, if anything, if they do bring him back, give High Smith a rest, you know. And listen, for all you guys that sit there and you're going to say High Smith ain't going to do nothing, listen, High Smith's going to fill in the role well. Um, 
he's going to be the starter. They're going to rotate him from either side with TJ. So expect TJ to play the left side, TJ to play the right side. And TJ's going to do what TJ does best. And that's get to the quarterback, drop back in coverage. Don't worry about it. The Steeler defense ain't going to... It ain't, ain't going to look any more weaker without Bud. If anything, it gets stronger with Highsmith in there now. Um, and speaking of that, for all you fucking haters out there, ready? Let me reiterate this again. For those who don't want to give this team its just due and its cre- and, the, and the credit it so duly deserves. Um, here's an interesting fact through 12 weeks. And for you haters that say it's a cupcake schedule. Who's the team that has allowed the fewest points defensively up until this week coming up right now? I'll wait. Because the answer's simple. It's the team you've all been hating on the most. And that's the Steelers' defense. Has allowed only 188 points so far this year. Okay? But yet, this team's nothing. It's trash. It plays a cupcake schedule. It's overrated. It's overhyped. Minka's nothing. TJ's, freaking TJ's a fluke. Uh, Bud Dupree, you know, last season was a fluke. Um, Hayden's, Hayden's nothing. Hayward, Hayward shouldn't have got that deal he got. But the stats speak for itself. So, again, haters, explain to me why we're hating on the Steelers again. Oh, that's right, because they're doing everything you don't want them to do. That's right. That's right. Um, and speaking of TJ, I have to bring this up. And I and I forgot about it in the last podcast I did the other day. Um so JJ was watching the the Steeler Raven game as all of us were at some point on Wednesday afternoon, which mind you got more more viewership than the NBA Finals did in primetime. A Wednesday midday afternoon game got eleven point four million viewers. Okay, um, JJ came out and said it like we've all been saying this year: the officiating's horrible. So now JJ, who plays defense, okay has come out and ripped the NFL and the officiating. He's he he literally ripped it. He said, "How do you miss all these holding calls?" And I know that the I know that the officials were told to call less holding calls, but you got to call the ones that are blatantly obvious. One's right in front of you. I'm sorry, you have to throw the flag. I get you're going to miss one or two here and there, but the other one's got to be called when they're happening right in front of your face. They got to be called. I, I you know, if you got JJ Watt saying it, and you have p- people around the world complaining about it. Roger Goodell, while you're trying to figure out the Raven situation, why don't you figure this one out too, you brain-dead fuck? Um, it, because it's just, it's really, it's comical how we all can see it. How is it that a guy sitting at home on his couch can see a holding call and, and watching it in real speed as they're watching it on the field? This is where I reiterate again. You need to have officials in the booth where it's a where it's a blatant hold where he's like choking a motherfucker out and the ref doesn't throw a flag. You buzz down to the field. Hey, listen, this just happened. It happened right in front of you. Why no flag? You got to throw that flag. You got to throw it here and now. That's it. That's what you got to do. Um, will Roger Goodell actually do that? No. He won't because he doesn't have a single brain cell up in that friggin' uh, dome of his to even think of an idea as such that that's relatively easy to just implement next season. It's not that hard. Um, you put them in a you, you put them in a neutral booth somewhere or in a neutral site, and they're watching it in real in real time as we are across the world. And oh, there you go, simple. 
you know, kind of like the punishment for the Ravens. I outlined it for you what it should be. And you can say, oh, you're a Steeler fan. Of course you want to see the harshest punishment for them. Because their outbreak was far worse than the Titans outbreak. And the Titans punishment was weak at that too. You could agree or disagree. But it, it, I'm sorry, it was weak. The Raiders one, I'm sorry, was weak. And the Patriot one, you know, I think it could have been a little more. That should have been 500000 But the Ravens one, the fact that this game had to get moved three times and impact other games now, I'm sorry, but you, ha- you have to implement the harshest punishment you possibly can here. And I would say it even if it was my team that caused all this. I would say the same thing. And I would be pissed about the loss of draft picks being a fan of the Steelers. But you know what? Again, your actions have consequences. And in Baltimore's case, your actions should have severe consequences. But again, Roger Goodell will probably protect the Ravens and it'll be a weak fine. And, you know, the whole NFL will be up in an uproar and so on and so forth. And that's just what it's going to be. Um, listen. I don't get it either. If you're sitting there listening to this and you're like, yeah, why hasn't Goodell come out with a punishment yet for the Ravens? And why the Ravens getting rewarded? Listen, you could ask me. I don't have the answer. You know who you got to ask? Roger Goodell. That's who you got to ask. You can't ask me. I don't have the answer to that. I'm not in Roger Goodell's head, but I can imagine what it's like up there. You know, it's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. Apparently he's on autopilot when autopilot don't even work. Um, you know, he's just a puppet, you know, he just sits there and he's little Pinocchio and, you know, somebody else is pulling his strings while he's pulling the whole NFL strings. That's what he's doing. Um, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have a clue to what he's doing. Let's just leave it at that. Um, again, you know, we could beat the whole Raven situation up till, you know, from here to the end of time. And it's not even going to do anything because, Bottom line is this. Now Baltimore will get Lamar back because he's cle- he'll be cleared tomorrow to play now um, you know, against the Cowboys. But they still got guys that may not be available to play, whether it's because of injury or because of COVID. So who, who really cares? Um, and before I get into the picks, if anyone watched last Saturday, that Legends of Boxing thing or whatever they did, um, you know, with Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., I, 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 I got to say this. I have to say this. First off, for those who want to run their mouth about Nate Robinson getting laid out by Jake Paul, listen, Nate Robinson ain't a boxer, and half of you wouldn't even got in the ring to fight Jake Paul. Um, but, you know, if I'm Jake Paul, though, I'm not running my mouth saying I want to fight Conor McGregor and I want to fight this guy and fight that guy. You fought Nate Robinson, okay? Let's just put that out there. You fought Nate Robinson. The guy never boxed in his life and barely trained for this event. So... You know, and Conor McGregor, I think, has come out and said that he will fuck Jake Paul up. And I'm sorry, if you watch MMA and you've seen Conor McGregor fight, he will fuck Jake Paul up. Okay? Um, you know, there's a lot of MMA guys now that want to go at him. There's a lot of guys in the NHL. I think Evander Kane of the Sharks is one who said that he wants to smoke with Jake Paul now. Um, Le'Veon Bell came out and said he'll, he'll fight Jake Paul. Um, listen, man, you know, if I'm Jake Paul, I'm shutting my mouth. I'm shutting my mouth because you're about to get laid out by every motherfucker on God's green earth there is. Uh, I'm sorry. If you, I'll put my money on Le'Veon Bell beating your ass. <laughs> I really will. Um, you want to fight Conor McGregor? 
That's dumb. You're asking for you. You have a death wish. Um, who, who's next? You're gonna challenge. You're gonna want to. Who, who you gonna challenge next? Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock will snap you in three seconds or less. Come on, man. Jake Paul. If I were you, I'd shut the fuck up. Even I'd knock your bitch ass out. And and listen. And I get boxing takes a talent and it's a skill, just like MMA and you know any type of physical combat sport, right? I get that. And, but just because you knocked out Nate Robinson don't make you the world's greatest athlete. Don't make you the, big, the, the baddest guy on the planet, okay? Um, so again, if I'm Jake Paul, if you really want the smoke with, with Conor McGregor, I'm telling you right now, Conor's going to answer the challenge and Conor's going to wa- waste you. I'm just telling you, he's going to lay you the fuck out. I'm telling you right now, he's going to do it. Because for all those who forget, Conor McGregor wasn't a boxer going into his fight with Floyd Money Mayweather, right? But he had to adapt to Mayweather's element. Okay? Now, that fight could have went either way, but listen, Floyd won. The better guy won that night, but you know what, though? Nobody could knock Conor for doing it. So you don't knock Nate Robinson for getting into a, to getting into a realm he really didn't belong in. Okay, and not only that, he got paid like $600 to do that. And we were talking about it at work, and somebody asked me if I would take a body blow from Tyson for a million. If you're handing me a million dollars tax-free to take a body shot from Mike Tyson, sign me up. Punch me right in the kidney, and then I'm going to take the kidney out. I'm going to have him autograph it where he friggin' punched it dead to shit. And then I'm going to put it on eBay and make another mill or so off of it. All right? So... I don't know when this Jay Paul Conor McGregor fight's ever going to happen or if it happens, but I'm telling you, if it happens, whatever money you got in your savings account, stock market, hidden under your mattress, wherever you got it, put it all on McGregor because he's going to lay Jake Paul out. Okay. And, and this was the same guy who was going to box Antonio Brown. And then I don't know what happened with that one. And in that one, I'm sorry, I would have took Jake Paul against Antonio Brown 10 times out of 10. Because Antonio Brown ain't nothing but a bitch. Okay? So, but other than that, with that boxing whole thing, though, which was pretty cool. And I'm so I got to, Snoop Dogg could call anything. He could call anything. Uh, because I watched highlights of this fight. I would, listen, I wasn't going to pay for the pay-per-view, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but, but somebody was streaming it on Facebook, so I was watching it. Listen, Snoop Dogg, when your rap career is done... Go in the commentator. Just put, just saying, because if you heard him, you already know. Um, so now we're going to jump into the football picks here. Um, as soon as I find the sheet here, which I did. Thank God for that, right? All right. So let's get it going. You got the Jags versus the Vikings. All right. 10 points spread with, with the Jaguars getting 10. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Minnesota's been so up, down. I honestly take Jacksonville here. Um, and you're probably sitting there going, oh, no, Kirk Cousins is going to be the Kirk Cousins that, you know, that he should be. Okay, which Kirk Cousins should he be then? Because he hasn't been the Kirk Cousins that, 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 that's worth $84 million. That's for damn sure. So, again, I'm sorry. I'm taking Jacksonville. Well, I'm taking Jacksonville on the points on that one. And then you got the, the Raiders versus the uh, Jets. All right. Jets are getting eight points here. Um, the Raiders are going to be without Josh Jacobs. And listen, again, 
The Raiders got smoked by the Falcons last week, and nobody expected that, right? Not a soul. Um, but listen, the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot here, and they're playing the Jets. I'm taking the Raiders, but I don't expect it to cover. I think the Jets put up somewhat of a fight here. Uh, depending on who's who, who does the play calling, if it's Gase, then take the points. Uh, if it's not, then don't take the points. Uh, let's see here. He got Cleveland, Tennessee. Now I'm surprised that this is a bit higher than it is, and I'm surprised that Tennessee's the favorite going into it. Um, you know, Cleveland's getting six. Listen, this is a hard one. Um, you know, if, especially if you're a guy who's going to go and you're going to bet this game. I don't think it covers. So, and I really hate to say it, but I think, I don't think Cleveland wins, but I don't, it's just not going to cover the spread. So I would, honestly, it pains me to say it. I would take Cleveland in this one. If I, if I was going to the betting, uh, if I was going to the betting hall at Atlantic City, I'd probably put my money on Cleveland. And you got Detroit and Chicago. Listen, this shit game should have been a fucking goddamn pick em game. Um, but you know what, though? Chicago. And I don't think it's going to cover, though. Um, then you got New Orleans and the Falcons. Two and a half point spread. Listen, I'm taking New Orleans. I'm taking the points on this one. Uh, then you got Miami and the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins and the Bengals, I should say, obviously. Um, <laughs> the Bengals getting 11 and a half here. Um, <sighs> that's a tough one. But if you want to feel risky, take Miami and take the points. That's what I would do. Uh, then you got Indy and Houston, which is a three and a half spread in Houston's favor. I'm still taking the Colts. I take the Colts to cover, but it's going to be a close game, but I think the Colts cover it. And then you got the Rams and the Cardinals here. Listen, the Cardinals are playing for, for you know, for their playoff lives here. And it's a three point spread. I don't know if they're going to be with Fitzgerald or without Fitzgerald again. I haven't heard yet. If I had to guess, I think he's going to. Cle- I think he's cleared to play, but I gotta, you know, I ha- like again, I haven't heard any rumblings of it. But I gotta take the Cardinals into three. I, I gotta do it there because the the Rams have been, you know, listen, the, the the Rams blew the game against Miami, and then last week Goff just wasn't protecting the ball, and San Francisco was getting to him any chance they could, so. I'm sorry. I got to take the Cardinals on that one. Uh, Who else we got here? Philly and Green Bay. Green Bay. Don't just leave it at that. Because because Philly's going to freaking trot out freaking Carson garbage cans Wentz. Um, And how how he's still starting and how Doug Peterson still has a job is utterly beyond me. Uh, We'll see at the end of the year what happens as far as that. Because I have a feeling Peterson's job may be on the line. Um, who else we got here? And we got New England and the Chargers. This one should have been a pick 'em too because it's only a one point spread. Which it, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna do these these spreads and they're gonna be one point spreads, just make them pick 'em games. Um, but I gotta take New England. I gotta do it there. And you got Denver and Kansas City. That's like a it's almost like a fourteen point spread. Uh, you got I'm sorry, Kansas City's covered all the big spreads so far this year. Uh, from games I've seen where they've been uh, spreads of more than 10. So you got to take Kansas City there, and you got to take the points on that one. And then you got, uh, you know, we'll go Dallas-Baltimore first, okay? Which, of course, got moved to Tuesday. Dallas is getting seven versus Baltimore. 
Um, the only reason why I'm going to take Dallas here is because I think Dallas, regardless if Lamar Jackson's in or not, Dallas's defense is somewhat decent enough as long as they're healthy to contain Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. And considering the fact the way they played against Pittsburgh, and you could say, oh, well, it was a practice squad, the practice squad roster out there. Listen again, not Pittsburgh's problem. You only blame the Ravens for that one. If you're a Ravens fan, blame them for being reckless. Don't blame Steeler fans. Don't blame the Steelers organization. And don't blame Roger Goodell because he gave you guys more than enough chances to get healthy and you couldn't do it. So I don't give a shit. Um, you know, let me be honest. If you know me, you know I'm blunt as fuck. I don't give a shit. I really don't. And neither do Steeler fans because we had to hear Ravens fans cry for a bye week. Uh, sorry, wasn't going to happen. Um, but I'm taking Dallas with the seven because I don't think it's going to cover. Uh, then you got, listen, in my opinion, Buffalo, San Francisco should not be the Monday night primetime game. It should be Steelers and, and, and the Washington football team from the standpoint that we lost a primetime game. So in actuality, we should be owed one, but Hey, whatever, anything to fuck the Steelers over. Right. And, you know, consider in fact, three games and three games in 12 days. You know, and a lot of a lot of players aren't happy about it on the Steelers. Uh, Ben's been critical of it. Ebron said that he would even lose a game check. He says the NFL wants to see us fail. Um, listen, Steelers are going to adapt and overcome to the situation like they always do. Um, you know, and and, and they're going to play with the same mentality they've had since week one. So, you know. But it's an eight and a half point spread. I'm sorry, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking the eight and a half. You could say, you know, Washington's been playing well as of late, but Washington's defense is not going to be able to stop Roethlisberger all game, and then and their offensive lines not going to be able to protect Alex Smith all all all, all damn day long. Um, you know, and again, the injury to Dupree is huge, but High Smith again fills in well, and High Smith's going to have a breakout game in this one. Um, you know, he's, he's had, he's had his moments that, you know, the interception against Baltimore in the second half, um, you know, the, the game in Dallas, he has the sack, you know, his first career sack there. High Smith little by little has been putting up a decent season, but you really don't see it because a lot of the other players get, get, you know, get more of the recognition for it. So I'm taking Pittsburgh, I'm taking eight and a half, which leads to Buffalo versus the Niners. Listen, it's like a one and a half point spread here. Take Buffalo, take the points. That's all you could really do on that one. Um, because listen, Buffalo, that AFC East is is Buffalo's to lose at this point now. I don't see Miami, I don't see Miami taking it unless Buffalo goes to a whirlwind and loses every game and Miami runs the table and wins every game. Um, you know, it's just, that's just what that's just what it's gonna be. I could have sworn there was another game too. I might be missing out on. Oh, Giants, Seattle. Um, why that isn't on the list? Unless I overlooked it, in which case I probably did here, or I just forgot to write it down. Um, yeah, I guess I forgot to write this one down. Uh, this is a tough. It's a tough game for the Giants because it's one they can't afford to lose. But I'm sorry with Colt McCoy, and you're playing in Seattle. Um, 
Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, Giants fans. But this is one you're not going to – you're not going to – I don't even think it's close in this one. I, I think, honestly, I think they get blown out. Uh, but then again, you never know. The Giants defense may, may find a way to stop Russell Wilson, contain Derek Metcalf. Um, you know, if they could do that, they got a shot in this game. But Colt McCoy – I'm sorry, this offense, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to really get creative here. Uh, and if Colt McCoy goes down, listen, your backup quarterback at this point is Golden Tate. And uh, you might as well just throw in the white flag at that point. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens uh, as far as that goes. Um, you know, but to go back to, you know, the Ravens president coming out and saying what he said, I think his best bet would have been not to put out a press release about what's going on in your own team facility. Um, but now we know that there was four strains of it. We know the fourth one was the most lethal of the four that they couldn't contain, which, again, leads me to believe that they were hiding positive tests this whole time. And everybody's been saying that they have. There's been reports of it that that the strength and conditioning coach was hiding. And now, if it's true that he was hiding these tests, he's hiding these test results, he he needs to be fired like last week. The punishment has to be severe for that as well. So you got to add on top of that as far as money wise, because I'm sorry, because if you only take one draft pick away, um, you, you, you're just showing as the head of the NFL, Roger Goodell, that you are. You're just weak. You're weak and spineless. You you, you just are. Um, and. And again, I reiterate, if this was the Steelers, all you haters would be clamoring for, oh, they got to forfeit the season. Oh, well, oh, well, they can't play. You got to forfeit this. You got to forfeit that. And listen, forfeits were never going to happen. See, the NFL, again, if you think a forfeit was going to happen, it's not going to happen. It's a road that they will avoid by any means necessary to travel down. Why? Because it it makes them look bad. Okay, having a week 18 makes the NFL look bad. Okay, again, at the end of the day, this protocol isn't to protect the protect the players. It's to protect the image of the NFL as a business, as a business entity. The protocol is built to protect the NFL brand, not the players within it. Let's get that straight here and now. Because if they took this protocol seriously, these punishments would have been handed out the day after you found out about all these protocols being violated within Denver, you know, with the Saints maskless celebration, what happened with, with Newton and Gilmore in New England, um, what happened in, in Tennessee and the Bull, and the Ravens situation. All these punishments would have been handled faster than they've been. But the fact that you hear a punishment come out for the Patriots a month and a half later is, 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 is fucking bullshit. It just is. And if you don't think it is, again, you, you, you don't have a clue to what goes on then. Um, this protocol, I'm sorry, is one of the most bogus protocols I've ever seen in my life. It, it would, literally was just whipped together uh, to appease the players. And they fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Um, because now you see when games got to get moved, the implications it now has on scheduling and the effects it has on other teams now. We, we've all seen it. Um, 
And you can say, well, it's a pandemic and, and, you know, and, and you know, they're trying to control the uncontrollable. And listen, I, underst- I understand it to a degree. But there's even some uncontrollables that the NFL can control. They're just choosing to be weak and not do it. So I- I'm sorry. If you, if you didn't think you were able to handle playing through the pandemic, and I'm not saying the players couldn't handle it, but I'm saying Goodell and the, and, and, and the NFL committee, you know, the rules committee and this one and this one and that one, if they couldn't handle it, then again, maybe there shouldn't have been a season then. And we would have been pissed about it. Don't get me wrong. We all would have been, we, I would have been flipping through the goddamn roof if there was no season here. But again, not all this is about player safety. The players have come out and said it. Aaron Rodgers has been critical of it. I think it was Devin McCourty. One of the McCourty brothers on New England was critical of it. Um, there's others who have been critical of the protocol. And there's someone in the media that has been critical uh, of the protocol. Um, but then again, there's a lot of people that are critical about a lot of things, you know, as far as in the media about certain things. So, um, you know, again... The, the NFL hasn't gotten it right all year with the protocols. They haven't gotten it right with the punishments. And I'm sorry, if this pandemic still continues into next season, expect there not to be a season. Expect a lot more opt-outs than you did this year. Now, obviously, hopefully this is all contained by the next NFL season. Hopefully, God willing. But if it's not, I wouldn't even want a season if I played in the NFL. I'd be one of the first. I'd be like, listen, you, you obviously don't have my best interest or my safety in mind here. I'm sorry. I can't play. I'll, forf- I'll forfeit my year salary in, you know, in, order to, in order to protect my family. Because Roger Goodell and the NFL committee, all they care about is viewership and revenue. Owners, all they care about is their TV contract money, merchandise revenue, and any other money they could possibly make. That's all they care about. If you think, if you think Robert Kraft genuinely cares about the about about player safety, they'll all come out and, and give you the illusion of it. All right? They'll make it this nice little magic show for you and pretend. Roger Goodell will go out there and pretend. Because I don't buy it. Because I don't buy it. Because if you took it seriously. These punishments would have been handled the day after or that day. And listen, and I understand you have to, with the Raven situation, you have to, it it may take a little bit longer, but this has gone on way too long now to investigate this. You know, when's the punishment going to take effect? Three years from now? When when everyone's forgotten about it? And and, and COVID is just like the flu where once a year, you know, know, they're going to tell you you should go get the COVID shot? Come on. I could have made I could have made this punishment faster than Roger Goodell has decided to do it. We may hear one tomorrow, may hear one next week. Who knows? But again, it's taken too long here. It really it, it just has. And Roger Goodell, again, you don't have a clue to how to run this NFL. I'm not saying I know how to run the NFL, but I know that if you put me in the rules committee, this bullshit would have been handled already. It would have been handled. 
If this would have been handled the minute you found out it was the strength and conditioning coach violating all the, all the protocols, and then you found out that this one, that, you know, that this one's involved and that one's involved, and now this one's contracted it and this is contracted it. And once this game got moved once, there should have been a punishment. And then when the game got moved again, there should have been another punishment. And then when they were talking about, and then when the Ravens players were talking about, well, if we have to play this game Tuesday, we're going to strike. Right then and there, punishment should have been, another punishment should have been handed out. And then the fact this game gets played on Wednesday, and they were even threatening not to play that game either, apparently. Another punishment should have should have been handed out. But again, Roger Goodell does not have the players' interests at best. He does not have it. He does not. If you think he does... You're a fool, and you still believe that magic is really magic, and it's not, and it's not just an illusion. I hate to tell you that. You're probably the same person who still believes in Santa Claus. You really think some fat fuck rides around in a sleigh for one night and fits down your chimney? Really? A 300-plus pound guy fits down your chimney? What if you don't have a chimney? How's he getting the presents in? Oh, he knows, freaking, he has a freaking skeleton key to get in your house, right? Okay, all right. All right. If you believe if you believe that, then you believe anything. Okay. So you so you're one of the you're one of the many who believes that Roger Goodell then actually cares about player safety because he doesn't. He just simply doesn't. You can tell me he does, and I'm telling you he doesn't. Um, I'm seeing it firsthand, week in and week out. We're all seeing it. Um, other things to to get off the NFL. Um. You know, you got the NBA starting up again. And I'm not even going to talk about the Lakers here because, again, LeBron needs guys to, needs needs superstar type guys to come play for him. Uh, the Lakers went out and they signed all, they got, they got uh, the six man from, from the Clippers. They made that trade with the, uh, with, with the Thunder to get Dennis Schroeder. They re-signed, um, Davis to five years, 190 something million, and, and a super max deal. LeBron signed a two year, $85 million deal. I'm not against teams improving, and I'm not against LeBron, against the Lakers improving here. Um, you know, you want to build a team for championships, and, and I get all that, but it's just the way LeBron's had to go and do it is what gets to me most. And we've already had that debate, and I'm trying to get together with people to do the Kobe Jordan debate and finish the LeBron uh, Jordan debate. Um, but and then you see this other deal with the Wizards and the Rockets. So I got to ask the question now: John Wall wanted out of Washington, and Westbrook wanted out of Houston. Okay, so you flip flop the two. Westbrook goes to Washington. John Wall goes to Houston, right? Houston signs DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall played together at Kentucky. Now, I got to ask, does Harden want out now? Does James Harden want out? I mean, think about that. John Wall, if he stays healthy, is a great basketball player. If DeMarcus Cousins could stay healthy, he, he plays great in the paint. And with Harden? I don't know, Brooklyn. I don't think he wants to get traded now. If I'm Harden... I may want to take that that offer that they that they originally offered you, um, but we'll wait and see what happens. 
We'll wait and see. Um, and this is like the first time in God knows how, I think in forever, where you have three sets of brothers. Not only that, three brothers with the Ball brothers and the and Giannis and his two brothers and the Holiday brothers, all of them being in the NBA at the same exact time. Um, which is which is historic. Which is you know which is good for the NBA. Um, but again, out of the Ball brothers, Lonzo's decent. Lamelo's the most complete of the three, and Leangelo is like the garbage can that gets blown in the wind. That's that's what I think of him. Um, you know, Detroit signed him to a to a not a non guaranteed contract, um, which pretty much guarantees me he's not going to be on the Pistons come the beginning of the season. If he is, he's going to be to be Blake Griffin's water boy. So, uh, whatever on that one, uh, baseball. Uh, Gio Urshela got bone spurs taken out of his elbow, so now the Yankees got to go find a third baseman here. Um, because he's going to be ready four days before opening day, so he's going to miss all the spring training, assuming there is a spring training. I, w- I would assume there's going to be. Um, so now going after Lindor makes a little more sense if you're a Yankees fan. Um, you got to pull the trigger on it somehow, or you got to trade for a third baseman. You know, Orinando wants out of, out of Colorado. I don't know what it takes to get him in, in, in you know, in, into the Bronx. And don't forget, him and DJ LeMay, who were teammates in Colorado for a while. So that could be the selling point. If, you know, you re-sign LeMay, Hugh, you can get Orlando here. I'm telling you, you could do it. What you're going to have to give up, God only knows, but I'm willing to give it up. Uh, if you got to give up Frazier and Andahar in that deal, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, call me crazy, but I'm doing it. Um, you know, and again, so I, I had somebody at work asking me what you know what you know what's going on with Bauer. You know, when are we trading for Lindor? Listen, I have to. I'm going to reiterate it again. I say it here. I say it to people. You know, at work, I say it to p- customers that come in. When the first big name gets signed. Or when it's Lindor gets traded is when everything else is going to fall into place. It's just a matter of a waiting game. And it's a matter of the right deal. As far as Cleveland of what they're going to get in exchange for Lindor. Okay. And again, I reiterate, somebody's going to overpay. It's just a matter of who. So if it's the Mets that overpay, great. You got the shortstop you wanted. But what did it cost you? And that you're not going to know until the people you traded off, you have to wait and see what they do. And then you have to wait and see what Lindor does. Because a trade works two ways. You're bringing somebody in to improve your team that may not improve your team. And you traded somebody off who may, who may or may not improve somebody else's team. We've seen it over the course of baseball, basketball, baseball, football, since, since, since sports has been, been around. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. And, you know, the Yankees got to make moves this, this offseason. They, they, they have to be heavy in the free agent market. You know, they, they're talking about possibly bringing Michael Brantley in. Um, I'm not opposed to that because he, he's a decent hitter. You could put him in the outfield. Um, it's another viable bat. But if you're going to write a report on bringing in Brantley, don't say it's plan B 
to replace LeMahieu if we lose him. The two play two different entirely positions and are two differently entire players. So don't sit there and say bringing in Brantley is a backup option if we lose LeMahieu. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and whoever wrote that article, you're an idiot. Okay? Just an idiot. Um, you know, if I'm the Mets, I'm talking to Michael Brantley. But see, Mets fans, what you have to understand is, you know, with a new owner now, with the new owner, I know he wants to make a splash, but don't, again, don't expect it to be the splash you think it's going to be. Just don't expect it. He's not going to go out there. I get they want to get Springer, but they're not signing every free agent out there. They're not going to go out there and spend a billion dollars on like 10 free agents. Nobody's going to do that. I wouldn't expect to sign Bauer, but if you were to get like a John Lester for a year, you can't be opposed to that. Okay? But again, when you're hearing about the rumblings of the Mets going at the Lindor and the trade scenarios you hear that Pete Alonso would be in the deal, that is that is stupid. You don't trade Pete Alonso. If anything, it's Dom Smith. And I know for Mets fans who love Dom Smith, you, you lose that. But there's nowhere to put him. He doesn't have a position to play. In Cleveland, he would. He'd be the starting first baseman. So I'm sorry. If I was a Mets fan... Bye, Dom Smith. See you later. It, it just is what it is. Um, you know, but other than that, listen, I'm going to run. You know, I went to the gym after work, and I'm, I'm sore as a bitch. So um, I might do a video tomorrow, to, you know, as far as like a recap of what I've done in the podcast. See how I feel after tomorrow's gym session. Um, if I don't do a video... Monday, I'll go over all the Sunday games and go over the the Monday games as far as the Steeler-Washington game. Um, and speaking of that, two, it's off the COVID list. Thank God for that. Um, and hopefully, Pouncey's cleared. I haven't heard anything on that one, but I think he'll be ready to go Monday. So, till the next podcast, which you can find on all media platforms, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio something, Breaker, Overcast, whatever podcast streaming site you use, I'm on it. Check it out. Subscribe. Um, again, you can hit me up on Twitter with any questions that you that, that you want to ask. Um, if you want to have any debates, you know, we can do that. Uh, I'm sure there's other things we could work out. But till then, stay safe. Mask up. Haters eat a dick. Peace.